You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Happy Bride Chiller Day, whatever day you're listening to this. Uh, lovely to be sharing this time with you. I'm Alicia, the host, Alicia McCormack. I never say my surname like I don't exist. It's really nice to be connecting with new bride chillers and groom chillers out there and my old friends. And uh, it's if you're listening to this when this is going out, it's the last episode of the year. Be gone 2017. And uh, if you're listening to this in the future, I hope we are still all around. Technically, someone will be around if they're listening to this. So if it's aliens, nanu nanu. For many, the end of the year is a time of reflection and trying to come up with ways to improve or just stay the same. Say you're going to improve and then just stay the same is probably more likely. And I was having a little think about what I really learned this year, especially in the world of Bride Chiller Land. And I've learned a lot. I've written a couple of books which is not something you say just casually, although I have been saying it casually. And people are like, what? You've what? You've written a book? How many books? Two. And this is not a, I'm not asking for a medal to be planted on my bosom. But I think it's become so much of our normal lives now um, that I sort of forget that it's actually quite a monumental thing that I should celebrate. But we're going to celebrate it next year when you get to buy it and read it and enjoy it. So potentially next year will be the year of congratulating myself for writing a book. But I also was going through the Bride Chiller community on our Facebook page and reading through some comments left on blogs. And I was trying to think of what one of the most important or impactful episodes of the podcast was. And I think absolutely without question as an instructional episode, the Fuck It Bucket probably was the hit of 2017. If you haven't heard that episode... I might actually add it back into the mix as a replay in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to do Fuck It Bucket 2, the sequel, early in 2018, which is great for those who haven't heard or those who want to recap on Fuck It Bucket. And uh, also, if you have, I'll put a post up uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, but if you have extra things that you have added to your Fuck It Bucket and you would like me to highlight them in this episode, then I want to know. I want to know. But this episode is a recap of an episode I did quite early in the year. But it's one that really stayed with me and the message in the episode has really resonated. And not only because I just really enjoyed spending time with Sean, my guest. I thought he was such a positive, optimistic and also grounded person. But also that what he has to say is really what I hope every one of us can just sort of store and keep coming back to when we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and a little shitty with people around us or vendors or frustrated that we haven't got money or we haven't got enough money and we wish we had more opportunities to make better decisions or getting people out of your lives that are making you feel like you have to make decisions that you don't want to make, blah, 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 blah. So I was going for a run the other day thinking about what I wanted to share as my final episode of the year and I'm working on brand new episodes for the for the new year. So I wanted to end the year with an episode that really has meaning and hopefully impact and hopefully listening to it again or for the first time that you really learn something from it or make some decisions that potentially are really positive for your relationship, which is why we are all here and to learn about wedding shit. My guest is a lovely gentleman called Sean Miller. He's the co-founder of younghipandmarried.com and is based in Ontario in Canada. 
And he and his wife, Erica Miller, she's a photographer and a sassy broad. You can see, you go to their website and you just really get a sense of who they are as people. Um, And they also have a bunch of celebrants that work with them and they they have booked like thousands of weddings. They have really got a great perspective on life. And as you'll hear, Sean has a very healthy outlook to planning your wedding and staying married. He says the, the the mission that they have as a business is to help you get married, to go through all that, but then to stay married. And I really feel like this is going to be my big message in 2018. And already I'm thinking about future projects and books and a lot there's a lot of talk in the bride chiller community with people saying that potentially they're not religious or they don't follow any sort of religious path but the one thing that is lacking in their pre-wedding lives is being able to communicate about your relationship without necessarily having to go to hardcore counseling I shouldn't even say hardcore counselling. I think counselling's amazing. I think being able to speak in a in a different environment to a third party about lots of different things that come up in your relationship is so healthy and amazing. But also being able to just step outside of whatever stressful time you're going through. And this doesn't have to be wedding planning. It could be just, you know, going through a stressful time at work or a family member's sick or you run out of money. I mean, this shit will happen throughout your whole relationship for the rest of your life. So if you can come up with these mechanisms of coping and also working together and being more of a team and focusing on your relationship rather than just this stressful moment where you feel like you might be treading water a little bit, just getting through it, it can be great. So Sean really shares some fantastic tips from his own marriage and relationships in his life and I just felt really inspired to share this with you again. So I hope you enjoy and I'm so grateful for all of your friendship this year. Starting the Bride Chiller Community Facebook group was a gift and I just, I don't, I, I'm no regrets, I'm a no regrets person, but I do regret not starting this Facebook group like two years ago. If groups are, do they exist two years ago? Yeah. It's just one of those things that I feel like I've really found my people and I know that people are saying within the community that they feel the same way. So to all of our wonderful listeners, people that participate in the group and on the Facebook page and have sent us messages, um, I know that Rich and I and Erica uh, are all very grateful and we really just love hearing about what you're doing and learning about your lives and genuinely I'm grateful just to be a part of it and thank you for sharing. All right to the episode. Thank you again. Kisses. Sean, tell me how you got into the wedding world and what you do, I suppose, is the best first question. Yeah, let's let's start there. So uh, companies Young, Hip and Married, and we do custom wedding ceremony creation and wedding officiating. So the man, the woman, the person that kind of stands up at the front, signs the license, gets you married. But beyond that, kind of runs the ceremony, says all the words, gets you to do your vows, exchanges of rings, all that sort of stuff. So that's the wedding officiating side. And they call it different things in different parts of the world. Some places it's mm. called a celebrant. Some places it's called called the justice of the peace what's it called in britain the person who marries oh, you they have actually it's different they've got weird oh not weird i'm going to get in trouble again by the brits i've said <laughs> they've got weird rules <laughs> they have humanist uh humanist ceremonies humanist. 
but you know, celebrants are a thing, except they've got different rules about they can only some celebrants are only attached to some locations. It's complicated, but uh, also we've had. Uh, we've had uh, lots of talk about celebrants on the show, so hopefully by now everyone knows what we're talking about. If not, we're talking about. Okay. Google it. Yeah. People. So, yeah. So, so that's what we do. So custom wearing cinema creation, creation. So instead of just uh, doing a generic script, what we actually do with our wedding ceremonies is we really believe in telling a couple's story. So sometimes you go to a wedding, you know, people are, uh, you know, it feels a little bit like a lecture. So we stay away from that. We interview our couples. We find out all about them and we, and we specialize in telling their story. Uh, and so that's the wedding officiating side of what we do. But the other half of what we do, which, which we're going to talk a little bit about today as well, is uh, we do what we call relationship enrichment work relationship enrichment so we don't just believe uh, couples uh, in helping couples get married you know one of our slogans is you know get married and stay married um, you know <laughs> no one is standing up there uh, the day of their wedding thinking like yeah I'm gonna hate you in about five years <laughs> <laughs> but it happens right sometimes the person yeah. we, we love more than anything in the world it turns into the person we despise more than anything in the world and we've all seen it we've seen people that were madly in love and then you know becomes you know they just can't stand each other and so part of what we want to do we don't just want to get people married we actually want to help them not just stay married either you know i think our parents generation you know we they did a thing that we like to call the white knuckle syndrome you know they just kind of held on as hard as possible it didn't matter if it was terrible abusive you know destructive they just held on so we're not just about staying like i want to give that little caveat we don't want people to stay married just for the sake of staying married like that's bullshit really yeah um, i totally agree we want people to enjoy it right like we think being married is awesome that's why people still want to do it um and get married but uh we want it to be life-giving fun relevant engaging where people are like no my my marriage is like one of the best things uh, about my life I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's funny. I think um, my husband, Rich, appears often on this podcast reluctantly. Uh, he pretends he doesn't want to be on the show, but he does. I know he loves it. But we, we talked about, we had a great um, email from a listener a couple of months ago who said, I really find this whole concept of people going, oh, marriage is really hard, but being in a marriage can be really blah, blah, blah. You know, this sort of attitude that it's like some sort of prison situation that you're trapped in and it's always going to be shit and it's a struggle. And I know Rich and I, and I'm not saying every day of our relationship is perfect, but I find joy in his company and I genuinely love being with him and really look forward to the future. So I get, I struggle in this attitude that, and I think it, you're totally right. It can be generational people clinging on for dear life when they could probably be out having a nice time and living it up, not with that other person. But it's this idea that it's a struggle. And I hate that perception that you become the ball and chain after five years. What happens to people where they decide that they're not into this other person, yet they will cling on to it or that it just becomes a bit of a chore? Snores. Yeah, it's like that narrative still exists, right? I can't tell you how many weddings I've been to where, like, the best man or someone from the bride side are like, well, life's over, like, good luck. Like, oh, this is the end. And it's like, I always look at them and I'm like, come on, guys. Like, we're here to celebrate something. But that narrative kind of exists in pop culture, too, right? We see it in movies and TV shows all the time. But I think that the way that it happens and from, from my perspective is, like, none of us are immune from a crappy relationship. None of us are immune from divorce or separation or like destroying our relationship through bad decisions. But what I think helps keep it going and keep it life is like 
anything that you want to last a lifetime, it can't be put on autopilot. It needs to constantly evolve. You need to be constantly looking at it and working on it. And that's what we believe in. You know, we believe that, you know, if you want your marriage to be wonderful, then it needs to be something that you kind of continually look at. And and the people you are when you get married, well, five years later, guess what? You're not those same people anymore. And so yeah. the rules you had at the beginning won't be the rules you have in five years, 10 years, 50 years. And so as you grow, the key is to kind of grow together uh, in the relationship so that you guys can really maintain this wonderful thing and have it evolve to be even better than it was, you know, the day you said your I do's. I really like that you you kick off your relationship with your clients and the people that you uh, that approach you to marry them with this attitude because I think a lot of... Well, look, I, I'm going to say I, I know I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't have any affiliation with any religion, but I actually really respect on some levels the idea that you go into premarital counselling in some sort of churches to be able to have a discussion about relationships. And I do think to have that on, you know, a level of just going, hey, what do we both want? Are we, how are we going to evolve? What are our goals? How do we deal with hard times? Because, you know, they're probably coming. How do we deal with change? is really valuable and so many people just don't ever do it or have a conversation about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's extremely valuable. I think the devalue comes when couples are forced to do it. You know, that yeah, becomes like, okay, you, you have to do this to get married. I'm like, well, that doesn't help anybody. But, you know, <laughs> anything, whether you go to a course, you know, whether you work with a coach like from our company or come to one of our live events or whether you would, you know, read a book, anything along those lines saying like, Okay, how, how are we going to keep this thing going? Because, you know, when you're kind of in that initial phase, which we've all been in, you know, that the real love goggles phase, like th there really is something special about that. And you don't have to work quite as hard. Uh, mm -hmm. But, but when, maybe once the kids come or the promotion comes or, you know, the move or maybe a health crisis or something like that, like it can become challenging to sustain a life-giving relationship because you begin to look at like how to survive as an individual. And if you don't build those habits early on about, you know, if you're not aware that, you know, this thing may not last if you don't work on it, I think that's when, you know, people wake up one day and they're like, yeah, I'm just not really into you anymore. You're like, how, yeah. did, this, how did this happen? Um, but it's like a slow drip that eventually just, you know, reaches the breaking point. So what do we do? I mean, where do you start when you're, because we must say as well, you, you've got a, a, you've got other skills, you've got other plates that you spin. You, as you said, you do the coaching as well. Can you, can you talk me through a little bit about how that works? Is it separate to the, the ceremonial stuff? Is it all together? Can people come to you from, if you're not marrying them? Absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. So my background actually, so I'm a uh, professionally trained life coach and I hold a uh, master practitioner in a field called neuro-linguistic programming, which is a fancy word. It's really the science of achievement. And so that's how I got into actually doing weddings. I was, I was a relationship coach first. Mm -hmm. um, and through doing relationship coaching, that we did started mark, marketing that service at a wedding show, which then led us into doing wedding officiating. And so for couples uh, that work with our company, it's not a mandatory thing. We make our coaching available, but couples who we marry, some of them don't participate in our coaching, some of them do, and it's, you know, it's uh, their choice. And, and they have a couple options uh, when they come work with us. They can work with a coach one-on-one uh, -on -one, and so they can go, uh, sorry, like the couple can go meet with a coach. So the couple can meet with an individual coach in person, on the phone, via Skype. Um, and we have a program that we, we put people through if they like. It's um, 
It's called Prepare and Rich, and really what it is, it's like a kind of like a Myers-Briggs of relationships. I uh, ask you guys each 75 different questions about all sorts of things, money, sex, you know, communication styles, family of origin, and it cross-references all your data and then kind of lets us know, hey, you guys are really aligned here. Uh, you're conflicted in this area. You have totally different ways of accepting and receiving love or you have, you know, your spending habits are the same. You guys are going to be able to save lots of money or, you know, your spending habits are totally different. So it gives a us a little bit of insight. And then, you know, the, we call it coaching and not counseling. You know, people say, oh, premarital counseling. We're not counselors. We're not therapists. We're not here to fix anybody. You know, mm -hmm. some, some occasionally we have a couple come to us like, yeah, I know you guys need to go to therapy. Sorry, we were not for you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take it up a notch. But what we do is we coach people. It's like anything that you want to learn, a skill set, it's like, hey, how do you become better at this? What are some new skills you can learn? And that, that starts with awareness. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we are different in this area. And a lot of times when we point out those awareness pieces, couples are like, oh, yeah, no wonder we've been having so many problems, you know, with our money. Why? No wonder we argue about money so much. We have totally different approaches to how we handle our finances. And then the light comes on and then now they're equipped with awareness. Well, now you can add, start adding some tools, right? But when you're unaware, uh, it makes it really hard. So couples can um, opt into our coaching. They can, you know, book a, book a five pack. They can come just for one. And then starting this month, we're actually launching a live event here in Vancouver, which we're hoping to do where it's, we're calling a date night. It's, uh, it's called Thrive Better Together. I'm gonna be doing a short, you know, 20 to 30 minute chat. Uh, and then couples can come when we have, you know, a caterer and a bar and a candy bar and a photo booth. And we're just trying to make it a fun night where couples can come out. You know, we all go on dates every week or we should be going on dates every week uh, yes. if you're in a committed relationship. And so what we want to do and make it make it easy, you know, we all go drop 50 or 100 bucks on a date. So we're trying to do these live events where people could come out, go on a date, but actually learn something, hopefully, um, about how to sustain this awesome thing that that we call marriage. Yeah, that sounds great. Date night, please, let's talk about date night because I know I can get a bit lax and especially uh, as an entrepreneur and as someone that's still working the day job, we get a little tied to the old lappies, the laptops and yes, the screens. We do. And you're like, fucking switch that shit off. You've got yeah. to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we we are big, uh, you know, we celebrate date night. We're really big proponents of that. We try and encourage our couples, like, get on a date once a week, no matter what it is. You know, some of us have got kids. We don't have a babysitter. Well, have a date night at home, you know, crack a bottle of wine or have a meal once the kids go to bed. Uh, and we have some rules around date nights. You know, my wife and I, we don't touch our phones. That's one of the rules unless it goes off with the babysitter. But, you know, there's no, uh, you know, checking our Instagram or email or anything along those lines. And then we also try, you know, depend going into the date, we say, okay, we're not talking about the kids and we're not talking about work. And then <laughs> it, it, you can get a little bit of a long, awkward pause because it takes a minute to kind of like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? <laughs> right? But uh, yeah. it lets you dive into like, hey, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling about everything and what are you struggling with or what are you learning or, and you try and dive some more into those pockets those really identity pieces of the individual rather than just kind of like the, the everyday life it is it is hard when you do get into that zone of just especially when you're running a business together and you're just like very forward thinking and you've always got strategy rich and i talk about facebook ads and about yeah. rich <laughs> and about keywords He's obsessed i know with keywords. i know like, oh, right for fuck's sake. Stop talking. Google AdWords. Switch it off. 
<laughs> yeah, and so we, we created like little fun little game about it or, you know, if someone brings it up, you know, we'd be like, okay, you, get, you know, whoever brings up work first needs to give the other one like a 30-minute back rub when we get home. And we, we make it fun, but, you know, <laughs> the intention is to like, let's try and get down to what's the soul of our partner? Like, what are they going through, right? Um, and so it's key to, we really, you know, it's key to have those times weekly, we really believe to connect. And it doesn't always happen, you know, this life comes up, kids, work, family, all that sort of stuff. But it's a, just a good goal to shoot for. I love it. Sean uh, Young, hip and married.com is joining me today on the Bride Chiller podcast. There will be more from him and I after this. We are talking all about getting hitched and staying hitched, hopefully, although realistically half of you won't. Oh, that's an awful thing to say on a wedding podcast. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, but we're talking. Now, that sounded brutal, and I think by now people probably know that's me. But I think we, if we talk in reality, then we can prepare for making our relationships better, which is exactly what this episode's all about, and work harder. As you said at the top of the show, Sean, the whole thing is that you can't just get hitched and go, we're married now, we don't have to try anymore, because that doesn't work. It does not work. Yeah, you got to really lean into it. Uh, and I think marriage can be one of the best things that ever happens to us. But unfortunately, like you mentioned, for a lot of people, it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to them. Do you ever meet people, uh, and this is not to put you in a difficult situation, but let's go it. Oh, please. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I've got, I've had friends, let's go personal. I've had friends where I go, you shouldn't be getting married. And maybe as a friend, it's, well, it's quite difficult. And I think we can all think of one person right now. You go, well, maybe that wasn't the best decision. Do you meet people where you go, I don't know if this is the right thing to do? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> what happened? I mean, you can't, oh, you can't go, listen, guys. You, this is not going to work, can you? What do you do? So here's a question for you, Elise. This is the question that I ask myself. Uh, have mm. you ever met a couple where you're like, you two are perfect together. You guys are like a match made in heaven. Um, <laughs> and then sure enough, it ends in disaster. Oi, yes. So yes. we just don't know. And that's what I've come down to. There's couples, and have we ever had those couples where like, you two, this is a disaster. You should not be together. And then somehow, you know, they end up being like this incredible dynamic relationship. Like, how the hell did you guys do that? How did you pull that off? Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's, you know, one of those things is approaching uh, couples without judgment and being like, okay, this is a situation. I think it's, I think it's healthy for those of us who see um, a friend or someone in, in a destructive or maybe abusive relationship, those are important times to have conversations. Uh, and that those are those are hard conversations to have. And if you come and be like, man, he's so abusive to you, you need to get out of here, what the hell are you thinking? Well, what type of response are you gonna get from that person? Not very good. Mm. Um, but if you come in with curiosity, curiosity is one of the contexts we coach on. It's so powerful. You know, when you talk to your friend, you say, hey, like, uh, you know, how's your heart? I've noticed hey, when, when we get together, sometimes I notice that he kind of talks down to you a little bit derogatory. Like, how does that make you feel? Um, mm. well, you know, or hey, what is it about uh, your partner that you really love and, and appreciate? Uh, you know, uh, the, when you come in with a context of curiosity and allowing the individual to kind of talk themselves through what's going on, you're kind of just more pointing them in the right direction. Uh, it really helps with self-discovery and it's, it, if you come in guns blazing, it's, you're going to get an automatic uh, defensiveness. 
Totally. And that's in relationships too. I, I, I know we, uh, we've talked a lot in, in the, on the show about listening and how it's such a simple thing that when you are basically asking a question to actually freaking listen to the answer and uh, be open to what people are saying rather than going in with advice straight away, it's a magic potion that a lot of people ignore. Yeah, and that's curiosity, right? If you just say, yeah. I'm just going to be curious, uh, you can ask some amazing questions. And it's super helpful for the person that you're asking too because often you're asking them questions that they've never thought about. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. But it's hard not it's, it's hard not to have an agenda uh, with the questions because sometimes like oh I'm going to ask these questions so they can discover this right and it's mm. like you you have yeah. to be unattached unattached to agenda and legitimately curious about what is going on for that person and hopefully they will come to you know a discovery on their own. I'm sorry for putting you in the position about asking you if people wish it uh, that you should say don't get married. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would never tell someone not to get married, but I would definitely say, hey, you know, I, I, there's a bus. Um, if you just look over that way, that's going to run you over pretty quick here. Uh, so what are you, you going to yeah. do, Bo? What are you going to do about yeah. it? So it's a different approach, right? But it's, I think it's helpful, especially with the people you love, you know, people you're in a relationship, people you deeply care about. When you see a destructive pattern, um, I think it's really, you know, I don't know if you call it an obligation, but it's a loving act to point out that destructive pattern to them mm. as hard as that I may be i think it is an obligation i think it's a friendship obligation i think some people go i hate your boyfriend and that's not going to help anything well, i don't really like your fiance it's like well give us some reasons as to i don't like the way i'm worried about as you said the tone or the way you, you don't seem that self-confident anymore or whatever i feel like there's concern and then there's just being an ass <laughs> yeah exactly and you're not gonna you know it's hard not to especially if you're really emotionally charged right or you really dislike the the girl or you really dislike the guy it's hard to come across uh not you know to hide that a little bit and 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 adopt that context of curiosity Tell me a little bit about your process. I mean, we've—I love talking about weddings, the ceremony, the service, because I think it's the most underrated part of weddings. We talk about. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I love you even more now. Oh come on! Well, this is my—you're gorgeous. Well, I just—I'm such a passionate believer of going. There's so much white noise in weddings and, you know, I have this saying that it's fuck chair covers. Like, I don't give a shit about (laughs) chair covers. You need to have that on a stick. You need to have that on a sticker. I'm I'm putting it on a mug, I tell you that. But it's like big condoms for chairs. No one gives a shit. But it's like people worry about that. And you're like, how about you like divert worry and not even worry divert attention to like the service where you are saying to this other person we are going to stick out some weird times we're going to support each other and bloody have a nice life together he's hoping so tell me about the process of how you help people put all that into words because it's pretty full-on for a lot of people yeah, absolutely. Uh, right before I jump into that, regarding the the fuck chair covers comment, yeah. <laughs> when we did a we-, we did a wedding show early on in our business, and we had a huge sign that says, uh, "How much are you spending on your wedding? How much are you spending on your relationship?" Uh, and they made us take it down. <laughs> they what? Yeah, they didn't like it. <laughs> what a bunch of killjoys! What? You can't I know. Do that. Well, they did, and we and we had to take it down. But it just gave you know, it's interesting. People drop you know twenty five, fifty, hundred thousand dollars on a wedding on a day, but yeah. to ask to, to spend you know four or five hundred bucks on you know a little coaching or some insight or you know it's it can be hard to do. So, um, but back to the the ceremony and piece of what we do. So we always start uh, kind of with that context of curiosity. We want to know 
things like, hey, how did you guys meet and fall in love? Mm. You know, ask questions like, what did you feel the moment you saw one another? You know, what was your first impression of your partner? What did the first, how did the first date happen? Um, do you remember when you realized that you wanted to spend your life with this person? Uh, what are the qualities that you love and appreciate in them and that you admire in them and uh, the qualities that you really respect? Uh, and, we, and we ask some fun questions too. What are some of the tendencies or habits or qualities they have that drive you absolutely crazy that you probably know they're never going to change? You know, um, and questions like that that we start with. And then we do some, we ask questions about the wedding. So what do you love about weddings? What do you hate about weddings? What are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? What have you seen on a blog or a website or a magazine that you're like, this is really cool. And, or what have you seen that you're like, I don't want anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then we do a process that we call values mining. Uh, and, and really the w- way that works is we say, what do you value? Like, like, what do you want your ceremony to feel like? What are the core values that you kind of want the vibe to be? Because someone, some couples want something that's elegant and romantic. Well, some couples want something that's lighthearted and authentic. Well, I tell you, if you're going to, I can gather all the personal information about you and your husband that you want. But if I'm giving you, if I write you guys an elegant and romantic wedding and you're a lighthearted and authentic couple, your guests are going to be like, what the heck is he talking about? Like this doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter if all the facts are correct. It won't feel like you. And so we gather all that information. And then sometimes if we need to, we really like to email like the best man or the maid of honor or a brother or sister and be like, hey, tell us about your brother. Like, what do you love about him? What do you appreciate about him? What, you know, why are you his best man today? And how has he changed your life? So we gather a ton of great information. Um, and then at that point, we, we dive in and we begin to write a ceremony that can be a reflection of that information. So that information, you know, becomes kind of the building blocks of the ceremony. The feeling pieces, you know, the lighthearted and authenticity, those feeling pieces become the compass. And we filter it all through that um, and kind of begin to build this ceremony based on all the information that we've gathered. So our ceremonies are never the same. You know, they're always different because we get to gather all this unique information. You know, we've done, you know, Jewish Buddhist ceremonies. We've done, you know, atheist Christian, you know, agnostic Muslim. Like we get to combine these traditions. And I've done everything from Persian weddings to, you know, uh, Comic-Con themed weddings. To, <laughs> you, you, you know, we've done it all. Harry Potter. We, we really allow couples to really explore the full uh, gamut of uh, you know, what their relationship represents. And so my goal always when we do a wedding is that it doesn't have to be the best ceremony people have been to, but we really want it to be a, a reflection of who they are. That's always the goal is that their guests are leaving being like, yes, that was so them. Yeah, that's it. That was so them. That's all you need to hear. That's yeah, perfect. So we, we have it in our company. We just called the Big A Agenda. And that's fancy language, but the agenda always comes from the client. I think often couples encounter a celebrant or officiant or, you know, humanist or whatever that that they have a bit of an agenda for when they're doing weddings in the sense that, well, I'll get to do your wedding, but I always read this one passage or I want to talk for five minutes on this. And and, you know, the couple's like, well, I guess we kind of have to say yes, because they're the one marrying us. And so in our company. The big agenda always comes from the client. We fall underneath that and service them to make sure that their ceremony is everything that they want it to be and nothing that they don't want it to be. Nice. Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the obligation paragraphs of things. I think like listen, you go read your text wherever you want, but not necessarily on my time, my money and in my relationship declaration. Yeah, and a wedding is not a platform for anyone to express their personal beliefs about life, love and marriage. It's a platform to celebrate the couple and what they've created. Mm. 
Couldn't agree more. Um, uh, have you done a Seinfeld wedding? This is a question I ask every celebrant, and no I, one's done it. I wish. I would love <laughs> a Seinfeld wedding. I will suggest that to some of my offbeat couples. Oh, please. I'm gagging for it. And if, you, if they say, yes, I'm getting on a plane, I know... This has been like a three-year journey for me and still everyone lets me down. I know the show ended a long time ago, but come on, it's still cool. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 legendary. Thank so, you. Yeah, I, I may agree, but we're the same age, right? So Yeah, uh, yeah. well, it's, it's our, it, there are people. <laughs> that's right. We grew up with that. I mean, a Kirby Enthusiasm wedding would be a little weirder, but we can. there's just so much you can do with the Seinfeld wedding. I'm never going to let it go gonna keep working on it Sean I'm gonna keep working on it now you are becoming you're moving into the podcasting realm which excites me to know in because I fucking love hearing about new podcasts and also plugging other podcasts on my podcast very meta so when is this happening what is it going to be about and how do we know about it this is like public accountability now because this yeah, is going to go, to now that I'm talking about it. It's like, this is really going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we're shooting for an end of April launch. Uh, and so the podcast can be called Young, Hip and Married. And my most amazing wife, Erica, uh, we've been married for 12 years. Uh, we got four kids. And so our podcast is going to be called Young, Hip and Married, just like the business. And we're going to be talking about our adventures in life, love and entrepreneurship. So uh, it's going to be a question podcast where couples can submit questions asking about everything from business to raising kids to traveling with kids to how to sustain your relationship uh and we're going to be talking about you know how do you do all those things right how do you how do you leave the corporate world start your own business and raise a family all at the same time while not flushing your marriage down the toilet uh so we really feel like there's a great demographic out there of people who want to kind of live their passion do their own thing want want to be great parents don't want to do you know 80 hour weeks um and really want to make marriage great and so we're going to be speaking to that and hopefully uh you know doing a, the occasional interview bringing in some experts and, and really helping just people explore uh what it looks like to really uh be married be an entrepreneur and but also be a parent that's great because I think the whole thing of, I mean, we are, as I said, Rich and I work day jobs and then we do the podcast, which I love, but it is, it's a struggle sometimes with the idea of trying to find a balance. And I find that the most challenging part of what we do is going, oh, I don't think at the end of our lives, we're hopefully in a lot, a lot of years, we're going to sit back and go, I'm really glad I stayed at the office a bit longer. It's not going to happen. I know it already. It's not going to happen at all. You're absolutely right. It's going to be about the people you touched, the meals you had, you know, the drinks you shared, uh, and the experiences that you had, you know, with someone by your side. A sunset's never as beautiful as when you're sharing it with someone that you love. Oh, right on. And thinking about those Seinfeld weddings that are coming up very soon. <laughs> I I've love it. Let it go. I've got to let it go, Sean. It's just one of those things. You know, I, I would suggest hanging on to it. We all need a dream. I, I, I'm going to see if I can help <laughs> you on that. Maybe I'll bring it up in my show as well. I'll put it out there. Like I mean, in our community, and I think a lot of people don't really get, you know, I'm on all these sort of forums of like wedding bloggers and wedding, you know, vendors, and they're always creating styled shoots. So if I, you know, on Pinterest, people out there, this is a behind the scenes, a lot of the Pinterest stuff you see, if they're not real weddings, they're styled shoots, which is where vendors come together and share their services and create these sexy shoots. I feel like we should at least do a Seinfeld wedding styled shoot. Oh. <sighs> I've got to let it go. All right, look, Sean, 
this is um, I, have, I have to snap myself out of it because you know people don't need to hear me shooting on about Seinfeld weddings any longer until next time uh, Sean this has been a true delight yeah I got a big grin on my face it's been awesome thank you so much <laughs> Well, it's my pleasure, and uh, I really would like i like to encourage people to go and visit younghipandmarried.com. You've got a lovely website which is full of information, and uh, do you know my lovely friend Josh Withers in Australia? Oh, I, absolutely. I'm going to be on his podcast shortly as well. Bloody hell, look at all of us. It's a little... Uh, love festival you just i was just thinking you've got a very similar like a lovely shared ethos and i uh would encourage people to go back into my back catalogue to listen to some of the episodes where josh appears too because he's uh he's a fun guy josh is the man love that guy he's incredible yeah he's he's a barrel of energy and uh him and his lovely wife brit also organize weddings with their business and they never stop they are like little energizer bunnies (laughs) Yeah, it's just a good way to describe them. (laughs) Um, Where else can we learn about you? So we visit the website. Are you on the social medias? Of course you are. Oh, yeah, we're around. You have to be in this industry. (laughs) So you're going to find us Facebook, Twitter, all the right places. Young Hip and Married, it's a pretty unique name. You're not going to come across, you know, if you just type that into the good old Googs, you're going to find us, no problem. Just Google it. Just Google it, everyone. Um, Sean, thank you so much for sharing this time with me. Uh, It's been a delight, and I hope we can chat again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. It's absolutely my pleasure. And uh, everyone, if you would like more information about anything you've heard on today's show, visit thebridechiller.com and uh, get amongst it. The Bridechiller community is fabulous. The Facebook people are always talking. They're suggesting things. If you're not following, then you're missing out. That's the basic rule. Uh, Until next week, I wish you all happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?